0: Welcome to the Better Modesto show here on 1360 AM KFIV or on your iHeartRadio app. My co host is Jim Applegate. Woohoo! I'm actually here today. Jim Applegate is not on sabbatical anymore, <laughs> he is in the building. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I can take a, take a deep breath here.
1: Man, I Man. I think I just have to say huge thanks to you Chris for bearing the huge load over the summer of doing uh, 12 or maybe even 13 shows by yourself. Crazy.
0: That was crazy. I You know what? Can we make a deal that I don't have to do it again for like 7 years or something?
1: Yeah, 7 years I think is a good <laughs> idea. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you know, I maybe some people might just think I'm lazy, but a, a sabbatical is actually something that a lot of like business people, a lot of Pastors, A lot of people take every seven years just for, like, personal renewal, for rest, for those kind of things. So I I deeply appreciate the time that the church gave me, that you gave me, that the uh, community gave me just to go and, and, and rest. So thank you for that. Thank you.
0: Man, I, I think— Everyone should do them. And I think seven years is not soon enough. I think it I should agree. probably be every three, honestly. Like, oh, I'm not man. even exaggerating. Really or think every
1: year. Yeah, you know, I have yeah. like a whole new profound respect for teachers that get summers off because they need it. Yeah. You know, I have two teachers in my family. My uh, second daughter and my third daughter are both teachers, one high school and one is a first grade teacher. And I'm going, man, teachers need time to recover. So I, I appreciate that. So, and I'm sure a lot of business people do too, and nurses and everybody else. So, yeah. So
0: sabbatical, like what's? Let's talk about. It. I'm sure that there's a lot of people in the audience that aren't like super familiar with what a sabbatical is or how it works or like what why why.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, a lot of professors, uh, you know, people in the educational community, they'll take a you know, a break, like a semester off of school, um, just so that they can kind of sharpen their own saw and, uh, you know, go back and study some things, questions that have been hanging over their heads. And so they'll take some time to rest, not teach class, and then just do some personal study. And that's, that's really what mine was. It was a time of resting, of retooling and refocusing. And, uh, I actually got about six weeks in and realized, oh, man, I'm way more tired than I thought I was. And I didn't even do any retooling. I didn't do any um, refocusing. I did read 30 books while I was gone. So that that is a sort of retooling. Um, but for the 12 weeks, I really, I just rested and really enjoyed that time. So, yeah, that's what it is. Resting, retooling, refocusing. And then hopefully you just come back renewed and ready to kind of kick ass in the next you know thing that you're doing whatever you're a part of
0: so. yeah i mean that uh, that like ability to kind of take time to reflect i think is severely undervalued yeah. you know in our society it's yeah. something that i wish that we valued more yeah you know? well we
1: are such chasers of efficiency and productivity um, that those are the things that seem to um, you know, takes so much of our energy and yet to be able to slow down and actually think about why you're doing it or what you're doing or how you're spending time in that, I think is crucial. And, uh, you know, you might even find that some of the stuff that you're doing, you're like, man, when I get to the end of my road, when someone writes my, um, my epitaph or puts a, a, a statement on my tombstone, some of the stuff you wouldn't want included. And so you're like, man, I need, to, I need to actually dial in and focus a little bit more. So.
0: Yeah, and, and it also gives you a chance to, you know, and we'll get into this next, but other countries do things differently than us and have different values than we do, you know. And they give people a lot more time off than what we have kind of to have that ability to recharge. You know, you have many countries that will give you six weeks of paid leave per year. Yeah, those that's French of here. Yeah. yeah,
1: those French with that like thirty-five hour work week, and then seven weeks every summer, and everything just kind of shuts down. It's uh, yeah, I know the average vacation time for me when we were employers, we gave guys two weeks out of a year. Um, it's. That's just not enough for resting and recouping, honestly. No, it really isn't. So, yeah, yeah. I know you got a little bit of time off this summer, too. Or it wasn't so much time off, but you... I love the way you're creative and how you do this. (laughs) So
0: what did you do? Well, you know, I I tried to cheat the system a little bit. You know, I realized I'm not going to ever get that kind of um, amount of time off, right? Like, I've kind of... I have a job. I'm on city council. You can't just check out for six weeks, but... You know, I do want my family, my children to experience different places. And so um, we were able to to spend a month in Hawaii this summer, um, experience that culture, be on the beach, but still fulfill all of our local, you know, obligations. And yeah. it's it pretty neat.
1: That is, you know, kind of one of the gifts of COVID, isn't it? That we can do a lot of things online now that we never thought we could do online before.
0: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's it's really really neat, you know. You would say, well, you know, um, I can see the beach out my window, but I'm still able to go to the uh, economic development committee. Yeah, you know, and and it was funny because staff was just so surprised that even though I was still I was on an island so in the middle Pacific Ocean, I was still able to attend every single meeting. The-
1: yeah, so. it's it is mind blowing that um, all the little technology. All the atoms go that fast, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Well, I'm not done, man. I mean, like I want to be able to, you know, spend a month in Spain or something or Germany or wherever, Yeah. you know, the Canary Islands or something, you know, I should be able to do that and still do my job and fulfill all my obligations there and be able to be a council person too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your faithfulness. I mean, I know all of our city council, they make tremendous sacrifices to be a part of our community. And, uh, you know, the fact that you actually go on vacation and actually have to work at the same time and do those things is, uh, man, that's tremendous. And so we just want to say thanks to you.
0: Well, and I appreciate it, but I don't look at it like going on vacation. I think some people would consider it vacation, right? But that's the whole point. It's like, working remote it almost makes it it's called working remote right so yeah like it almost makes it's just like working normally like you would every day in a new environment yeah yeah and that's what it is And but i could tell you i'm working remote in in cancun every day and you would still think i was on vacation
1: right right <laughs> <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you deal with the time change? Because that, that messes you up a little bit, right? Yeah,
0: well, the company I work for, because again, we're just, this is so, such a 2021 conversation, right? But the company I work for is out of Washington, D.C. So it's a six-hour time difference between Hawaii and D.C. And so my wife also works for the same company. So we, we'd be getting up at 4 a.m. for meetings in D.C. Nice. On a regular basis. (laughs) They've already had three (laughs) cups of coffee and you're dying. (laughs) So we're going to bed at 8 8, 8 p.m. and stuff, which is fine, because if you've ever spent time in Hawaii, that's what you do anyway.
1: Yeah. I love that part of that culture. Isn't it great? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Even my wife, who is not a particularly morning person, when we go that direction, she gets up early in the morning. Yeah. I love that. It's like we get up at the same time, go to bed at the same time, which is
0: not typical for us. Well, what's neat and what's super neat is like, so you get up at 4 a.m. and start working and then you're done by, you know, two or three in the afternoon. Yeah. Everybody's done. Everybody's done. Yeah. The West Coast is closed and the East Coast is closed and it's quiet and the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. The sunset and the green light. and
1: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely love it. Yeah. When I. Sorry, green
0: flash, not green light. I don't know why I said that.
1: (laughs) The green flash. When I go to England, uh, you know, they're eight hours ahead uh, because that's where my mom and part of my family live. And, you know, I'm British citizen, so I spend quite a bit of time there. And, uh, you know, they're eight hours ahead. And I love it because that means for eight hours, you know, until like 3 or 4 p.m. in the day over there, no one over here is awake. Right. So no one's even going to text me. And it's it's perfect. So I can just have, you know, the freedom of the day. And then, you know, usually till about midnight or 1 a.m., you know, people are texting and whatever. But I, I just think it's like it's a great way to get rest in a whole different mindset.
0: Yeah, and this is like where the – Jim is like my spirit animal because my family also is from England and I have family still in England so I experienced the same thing when I got there yeah <laughs> it's really yeah super it, random it's so <laughs> funny how you know we were running against each other on city council
1: and then we realized we have so much in common yeah you know that's just, that's been one of the highlights of just hanging out with you for sure it's been so, so
0: crazy man
1: yeah yeah well, what are we going to talk about on the show today? We've got about a minute before we go into the break here. All right.
0: So, I, I mean, I think I want to hear about your adventures, man. Okay. Um, and the craziest thing is that I did a lot of traveling this summer, and Jim and I crossed paths somewhere in this country that you would not expect. Yeah. You're going to find out where that place is when we come back. <laughs>
1: Well, you are listening to the Better Modesto show with your hosts, Jim Applegate and Chris Ricky on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, also on the iHeartRadio app. And when we come back, you're going to hear more of the summer adventures. And uh, I hope you've also had a great summer adventure. So we'll, uh, we'll see you after the break. You're listening to the Better Modesto show with your hosts, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. We're on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also on the iHeart Radio app and you know we're also hoping to add this to a podcast pretty soon
0: I can't wait to do that
1: yeah that's going to be fantastic because you know you'll be able to listen to it midweek or whenever you want to and uh, still get all the commercials and everything but um, you know be able to just put it into your schedule so it'll yeah. uh, be fantastic
0: because like I know about I don't know about you but I've, I have a hard time sometimes like oh i got to be there at 10am to listen to the show you know on yeah. saturday and so yeah. you like okay well yeah
1: especially on a saturday morning it seems like pancakes and eggs and sleeping in are the uh, the main things so especially with family so yeah 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 that's it so well hey we were talking about you know summer and taking
0: time off so you got some questions I to, yeah so you did this you did this sabbatical which you know is definitely i'm super envious it's so awesome so I just want to kind of live vicarious through, vicariously through you and kind of hear about what was your, what did you do for your, for your time off? And, you know, I know that you did a little traveling. Where'd you go and what did you see? I mean, I think you, just to kind of set you up, you started off kind of traveling around the United States, huh? Yeah,
1: well, actually, so, you know, what we did was we tried to look for places that were open and, uh, you know, tried to work within all the COVID guidelines, um, which is not easy right now. I mean, sometimes, you know, you mean I would, com-
0: COVID is complicated. COVID is complicated.
1: And then also, you know, just trying to be kind to society as well. So, you know, you don't want to go into a place that's dealing with some really difficult stuff and make it even right. more difficult. So, right. you know, we were looking for places that actually wanted tourists to come um, hang out who weren't you know, dealing with maybe, you know, ICUs being full and all those kind of things, weren't dealing with the Delta variant. And so, you know, our, my thought was, first of all, let's be really careful with the footprint that we leave. And so, you know, what I did first of all was I looked at different countries that were open and Portugal was actually open. And we were actually able to find tickets for $375 round trip to Portugal. From from here? From San Francisco. (laughs) Wow. With a two-day layover in <laughs> Zurich. Okay. So now the funny thing about that was that I think I paid about 375 bucks in getting COVID tests to get in and out of those countries, and then also back into the U.S. But yeah, so I asked my daughters, I'm like, hey, you want to go to Want to go to uh, Portugal? And uh, they three of them were in, and then one of their boyfriends also wanted to come. So we took off, went to we went to Vancouver first with a layover, and then went to Frankfurt, Germany, with a layover, and then finally got to Portugal and then spent about a week there. And I'll tell you, Chris, Portugal is one of the most underrated, beautiful countries that I've ever seen. It is, by far, is one of the most beautiful groups of people. The architecture there, the history there is absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, you know, just to think, like, till about 1300 AD, it was a lot of uh, Middle Eastern, Arab influence And so you get that part of the world, but then from 1300 onward, it was a lot of Greco-Roman-European. And so then you put those two things together and it is some of the most beautiful history that you'll ever see. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite things about Portugal was the tile. They have this beautiful like inscribed tile and they put that across the entire fronts of their buildings. And so their houses are just decorated, maybe like like your kitchen is decorated. And so that's kind of the presentation lots of bright colors and of course it's a very sunshine type culture and uh so we just we just you came m- at the right time of year for sure we loved it we stayed <sighs> in this place called Barro alto which is kind of like the bar district and that place was thriving at night you know they they they're sort of opposite than hawaii they have like a Culture that sleeps in till about ten o'clock and goes to about four in the morning. Nice. And uh, so there are these tiny little streets, but little chairs set out on them, and bars, just bar after bar after bar, and lots of people just enjoying, um, you know, hanging out, having conversations, and so absolutely phenomenal, and just a great time there.
0: Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Portugal because they've got a there's a ferry that goes between Plymouth and Lisbon that you can just take, and you know oh there you go so right across are you talking like plymouth
1: the in uh in england yeah Yeah. okay that's what i was that's where my brother lives that's why it's relevant to this conversation (laughs) ferry all the way from plymouth
0: in the u.s all the way to lisbon that would be a long ferry that'd be a a very long very long ferry but it's kind of you know you think about you know europe and comparing it to america and stuff i mean the distances are similar to distances between states sometimes. That's right.
1: You know? Yeah. You can go, you know, like an hour long flight, which would be like San Francisco to LA, and you're in a whole different country that speaks a different language, that right. has different culture, that has different food, different people. So much fun. That's crazy. Just to be out of country. Absolutely of crazy. Yeah. So
0: Portugal, like what, what what kind of things did
1: you do? Well, we, we actually spent a lot of time on public transport. Uh, we didn't get a car when we were there, which is a, a major bonus to being in a big European city is their their public transport is just fantastic. yeah, it is. And so we, you know we landed there, immediately got on the tram and the train and the bus, uh, got a travel card. It was about ten, I don't know, about twenty bucks lasted us all week long, and we spent every day on the trains and the trams. And uh, so we just visited these historical sites and then also some of the modern things that, um, you know, that, that, that they have to offer. So we went to this pastry shop called Pastries de Balem, where they make these sort of Portugal custard tarts. And they've been doing this since like 800 AD. I mean, this the shop. The same was, shop? Yeah.
0: They've been in business for over so this, a
1: thousand years.
0: So this shop's older than
1: America. It is. And they have been upgrading, but they actually they, they say they got this they bought this recipe off of a monastery. Okay. That the monks used to make it, and now they've been making it ever since. And they sell guess how many of these little custard tarts they sell every day on average? Uh, a thousand? Twenty
0: two thousand oh, a day.
1: Now, we went back and... How many did you buy? We, we bought <laughs> six at a time. Okay. There was five of us. Okay. Um, but we went back several times that week just to get Pastries de Belém.
0: That is fantastic. It's fun.
1: And then right next door to it was this... It's called Geronimo Monastery, which is this huge, um, beautiful uh, monastery. Cathedral, Catholic cathedral, and just beautiful. And then right across the street from that is the port... The Tigris River flows out to the Atlantic right there, and that's the uh, that's the port in Lisbon, and they have this huge statue. It's called um, something about the explorers, and it celebrates everybody who left Portugal and went and discovered, you know, the new world. And uh, it's it's phenomenal. Just these things that these um, artists have put together that the you know that the city came together. To build these things so they would remember the history there. What's also interesting in Portugal is they have like a a duplicate of the Golden Gate Bridge. It's actually, I think it's called April Day 25th, which is the day that it was opened, April 25th. And it's actually just looks like the Golden Gate Bridge over there. And so it's super
0: fun to be able to see that. So did they did they take the design of the Golden Gate Bridge and say this is we want one like this? Or was it like, I don't know, how'd that work? I don't don't
1: know. know, but it's you know it's it is the golden gate of europe basically and it's a little bit smaller than ours but Uh the same exact style you know a suspension bridge same exact color i mean when we were pulling in i'm like what happened did the plane just turn around because (laughs) it just looks so familiar you know it just looked like and, and so it was super. Fun. Was it draped so, yeah. in
0: fog? Also, it wasn't draped no, in fog. Or fog. It was actually yeah. I so know. that part they left in San Francisco. That,
1: that, the, yeah, you know the uh, what is that Mark Twain quote about the coldest summer I ever spent was a or the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. That's, I think so. Yeah. And no, it was exactly opposite. It in was Portugal. opposite. It's warm huh? over there, but
0: I wonder yeah. what Mark Twain would say about Portugal.
1: Oh, I don't know. He probably he would probably definitely love it. That's for sure. So. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he would. So, you know, I was, I think, probably one of the highlights there, though, um, and we can, we can talk about this more, um, you know, it's just the amount of beauty that when a, when a group of people get together and they give together, that's taxation, right? Um, you know, the amount of public benefit that comes out of that is just phenomenal. And for me as a tourist, I, I you know, was basically freeloading off that all week long but it was just phenomenal to see uh you know the benefit of that public you know that kind of instead of having an individual attitude they've got much more of a communal community attitude over there and so they they come together to do things in that kind of a way and we just we just benefited from
0: that all week and that was just very obvious there yeah it's something that i've been really trying to explore you know when you say like a word like Taxes, you know it. It starts generating preconceived notions, you know, and and negative vibes in certain circles. You yeah, know. scary. Yeah, scary. Um, but I look at it a little differently. Like it's what about just a group of people that want the same thing, putting their money together? It's like stock in a corporation, almost, right? Like yeah, and. I don't know if you necessarily even have to use the government as the vehicle to do these types of things. But whatever it is, whether it's a transportation project or a housing project or whatever, you know, I hope that we can start thinking as a community of things that we need and making things happen. And, you know, in America, we might even be able to make it profitable, too. You know, like, yeah. You never know.
1: I love that. I love that. Well, we got to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to explore that conversation a little bit more because I love how you just kind of turn that idea on its head. So you're listening to the Better Modesto show with your host, Jim Applegate, Chris Rickey, on Power Talk 360 KFIV, and also live on the iHeartRadio app. So continue to join us. See you in a minute. All right, hey, welcome back. You're listening to Better Modesto Show with your hosts, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. And we're on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, also on the iHeartRadio app. So hopefully you're listening to us there as well. Hey, I'm thoroughly enjoying this conversation. We're already halfway through the show, Chris. I can't believe it. Amazing. So I, and I, gosh, but I'm just eating
0: it. it up. I'm like, oh, this is, thank, oh, thank God Jim's back. Like, oh my God, this is great.
1: Yeah. So Okay, so let me tell you about a couple of the other um, journeys that we took. We actually spent a couple of weeks in Boston, which was really fun to see American history. Um, one of my daughters just moved there, so that was fun. So we hit five states on the East Coast. So
0: Boston's like the San Francisco of the East Coast, don't you think?
1: I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. That's how
0: I've always felt when I go there.
1: Yeah. Have you ever watched the documentary called The Big Dig about Boston?
0: No, I, but I I definitely know what they're talking about. Yeah, so it's fascinating. The tunnels like, are insane.
1: Yeah, well, back in the '60s and '70s, they put a freeway structure through downtown Boston, and it was basically, you know, a bridge on top of a bridge, all the way through that took traffic through downtown. And so the noise level, the pollution level from just having cars there all day, and this guy came up with this idea of let's put that underground it took him 10 years to get the idea passed and the finances approved for it. And it went way over budget, which is what to be expected of something like that. And it took him about 20 years. But now every single freeway that used to go through downtown Boston is now underground, which means they turn the old freeways into parks. Wow. It is one of the most beautiful cities I have ever been in. And it's so relaxing and so Quiet, And yet it has all the high rises of any massive city and all the people of any massive city. But man, I was thinking, what a crazy guy that actually came up with that idea and then said, hey, we can do this together and then convinced a whole
0: city to actually do it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I mean, some of you might remember this, but Reagan actually voted against it because it had to go all the way up to a federal level. And he said this is a bad use of public funds. So he kept fighting against that and finally got it passed. And uh, it is, I mean, they're still paying it off. It's going to be paid off in 2038. So, you know, you know, it's going to take some time to do that. But the benefit towards that city is just tremendous. And it's absolutely phenomenal. Um You know, as a pastor, I would say it's the glory of God on display because they did this crazy construction thing. They did a crazy thing in bringing people together to make the finances available. And then the results have just benefited the whole community.
0: Yeah. And I was in Boston this summer and I experienced the tunnels that you're talking about. I didn't I didn't know the story.
1: Oh, go to YouTube and just type in the big dig. It's about a 45 minute documentary. It's phenomenal.
0: I'm all over it. But I it was great. It was really efficient, um, you know. But yeah. I didn't get to see any of the parks because I was underground driving back and forth from the airport, you know.
1: Oh man, well I hope I hope you get to go back and enjoy the rest of it during the summer because I hear the winters are terrible.
0: So chilly. Yeah, I've been there in the winter. It's yeah, it's yeah. really cold.
1: So I hear that you are kind of like a lobster roll guy.
0: Yeah, I you know I spent a week in in Maine this summer. Um, because I really I am just really like lobster a lot um, and so I was we, were, we would go we would go and have a lobster roll for lunch and a lobster roll for dinner and it was fantastic um, they're really like they're not kidding about the Maine lobster rolls no. like it, it was is. awesome there's some things about Maine I didn't like as much like the mosquitoes were like un, like I've never experienced mosquitoes like that there were so many yeah um, yeah. And the internet was... They don't even know what that is, I don't think, in that state, really. <laughs> yeah. Like, the hotel we were staying at, like, it just didn't work. And we're like, well, will we fix it? And they're like, nah. Yeah. Well, on
1: their... <laughs> I think their license place, they say vacation land. So maybe they don't want to fix it. Because right. they're like, get away from it all. Yeah. You know? So...
0: Well, yeah, that's how you. That's, but that's how you can travel, right? If you're working remote, you can. You have to keep working. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you can't just. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, sorry, I don't have any internet here. At work. Uh, you know. So, I was doing it off my cell phone, which actually doesn't work that great, really. Yeah. Zoom Even with the new five G. Well, I don't. Do you think they have five G in Maine? <laughs> no.
1: They don't, they don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> They're not quite at
0: LTGTE yet. So. but yeah. So, in um, cre- creepy stalker land, you know, I, I actually know that you were in Maine also. Yeah, was one of the states you went to, huh?
1: I know. I was kind of ashamed because I would left a bad <laughs> review at this place, and Chris found it and. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, man, so I actually did go through yesterday and just delete my bad review of that place because I felt bad because they really did a pretty good job
0: and I just had a bad attitude because I was so tired." So, I think So, it. like just so the audience knows, like a bad review from Jim is like, "Well, you know, it was pretty good. It just wasn't that great." Like that's Jim's like embarrassed about his bad review. It wasn't even like a bad review. Like when I write a bad review, it's like, "This is the worst place in the universe that was ever created." Oh, don't even waste a minute here. Jim's Jim's like it was alright.
1: It was alright, it just wasn't worth two <laughs> hours of waiting. That's
0: that's basically what I said. So but, but anyway, like we're we're sitting in the line at this place. It's called Red's Reds yeah. Red's Eats or something? Yeah, Red's Eats. Yeah, and it was you know, this cute little main town. And there was a line, and it was a two-hour line for a lobster roll. For a lobster roll, and um, and so we're like, we're doing this, and so we're waiting in line, and we're, you know, we we got a pretty good plan, you know, we're doing like, you know, relays so that people could walk around the town and shop or whatever. We had a nice little group there, and my wife's looking at the Yelp reviews to see if it was worth the wait. And she sees the review from Jim, A- Jim A. <laughs> like it's got to be him because his negative review was the nicest thing we've ever seen in our life. It's got to be Jim. Turns out it was Jim.
1: Oh man, I wish we would have. I wish we would have been in line together. That would have been so much fun. So. Uh. You know, okay, so one thing i you know, I love Twitter. I've been following your Twitter feed, which is, you know, predominantly city council stuff. And one thing that I always appreciate about your Twitter feed is that you go to different places like Boston or Maine or Stockton or wherever else. And you are bringing back ideas that we can actually use in Modesto.
0: So how do you find those things, man? I mean, how do you look for these ideas and then and you just keep your eyes open. It's just it's like what you're talking about. You know, you experienced public transport in Portugal and it probably changed a lot of your perspective on what that could be here. I think about it all the time, you know. You spend a week in London and experience what the tube does and what it's like to not actually have to have a car ever. You're just like, wow, this is just a different way of life. It's not worse. Yeah. I mean, you have some limits, but you have limits with a car too. You know, yeah. with a car, you got traffic jams. You got, you're paying, you know, three hundred dollars a month in payment and insurance and
1: trying to find a parking all, spot.
0: All this stuff, right? Like, yeah. there's having a car isn't just positive, right? So, anyway, but there's ups and downs to everything, you know. But like a good example is like when I went to Washington D.C. a couple of years ago, we experienced this thing called the East Market it was amazing because it was a space for like entrepreneurs who created like their own foods whether they be a butcher or a person that sells seafood or a person that cooks bread or a person that makes pizza or makes their own coffee beans or whatever you know where they can sell their stuff direct to the public in a really unique atmosphere um the freshest the most organic the you know just very very unique items that you can't get at the grocery store and I was like Modesto needs one of those and so like I'm I'm not saying it's going to happen but you know what I'm working on one of those I'm going to try to bring one of those to Modesto because it's going to create good jobs for our community yeah and it'll be a good experience for our people and if I can pull it off hooray yeah and if I can't I tried right
1: right right yeah and yeah I think like that's probably one of my favorite things about traveling to foreign destinations and even other states, but especially to foreign destinations, because I think there's a whole perspective change there. But And then just getting my kids out of the country, too, because it gives them the perspective of there's other things going on in the world that are actually pretty cool. There's some places that are really hard, and so we have a lot to be grateful for. But then, you know, there's other places that you can learn a lot from, and they're doing things differently, and uh, they're actually winning. You know, there's
0: like... Wow, there's freedom there that we don't have, and I, I love that. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't agree with you more on that. You know, I, when I went to visit my brother, this was two years ago, but right before COVID, uh, my son they was out of school, but his kids were in school, and I was like, you know, do you want to you want to go to school with your cousins? And he's like, all right. And so for a week, he went to school with his cousins at an English school. And he had to wear the Harry Potter outfit and everything. Yeah, like,
1: I grew up with that. Oh my god, it was
0: it was such a great experience for him. You know, yeah. he had to look at the world and look at, you know, all the stuff, all the type of work these kids did and stuff like that, in a totally different light. Yeah, and that made him a better, more well-rounded person.
1: Yeah, that that really changes everything. So. Alright, so we gotta take a quick break again, which is a really? one more segment, man. I know. We are just flying through this. So we might have to do another show based upon this. <laughs> but so you're listening to the Beta Modesto show, and hopefully you're just enjoying this this morning like we are. And I'm your host, Jim Applegate, along with my co-host Chris Rickey. And we're on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also on the iHeartRadio app. And when we come back, we're gonna be talking more about this idea of getting into other cultures to learn things, to grow, to enjoy, and to see what we can do here right in Modesto. All right. See you after the break. All right. Welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show with your host, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. We're on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also live on the iHeartRadio app. And today we have just been talking about summer trips and getting out of Modesto and learning and growing in different cultures. And I was telling Chris before the break just how much I appreciate every time he goes somewhere or even in his searches on the internet, he's always looking for things that other places do better. They have other ideas. They might even be learning from us, but he's always growing and learning from those places. So I know like one of the most recent ones you you posted was about a homelessness situation where you're saying, hey, this is what Stockton does, or this is what Portland does, and these are ways that we can grow from that. And I just think as we, you know, as we travel, it's always great to keep our eyes open to those kind of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have to do it. And I think um when you look at, like, the homeless stuff, it's like, right now, you know, we've got a program, to, we've got lots of programs, and we're doing some really positive stuff, right? But, and I've mentioned this on the show many times before this summer when we're talking about homelessness, but, like, there's not a magic wand solution for this, right? Yeah. And so... Yeah. Although we're, I think we're successfully dealing with about half the people, there's another half that we're not. And those are the ones you're kind of seeing all over town, you know. Um, and right now, our solution for them is we don't have, We're working on solutions. We don't actually have solutions. And so that's why you go out and search for them, you yeah. know. And so it's just been really neat watching and seeing, like, you know, we did this thing called Mo's. It was a big tent city. And... You know, it was very successful, and it was also a huge disaster at the same time.
1: Yeah, we learned a lot,
0: and a lot of a lot of other communities actually copied our idea there. So, but they refined it, right? Yeah, and that's kind of what Denver did: is they took our idea, but they they took the weaknesses of it, which were mainly its size, and because it was so big, it was very difficult to manage. Yeah, sized it down, made it an easier place to manage. Then all of a sudden the thing is 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 working really really well yeah um and so i have been studying their idea and so we're working on trying to put some ideas like that into place i love it yeah
1: it's that sometimes you win sometimes you learn absolutely we need more of that kind of attitude
0: like yeah mo's wasn't a failure it was just a learning experience where we did some really good things yeah and and some of the things didn't work out as well
1: well, I'll tell you, one of the fun things that I got to do this summer as well, not only go to Portugal, but then I went back and went to, to uh, Barcelona for a, almost a week in Barcelona.
0: Oh, that's crazy. Did and you have some sangria? Tell me you had some sangria. I didn't
1: have sangria, what? but I, I should have. <laughs> that's a, I've got a lot of things that I want to go back and do, but one of the things... A week I isn't did, enough, too. Man. No, it well, isn't. only did a week? Oh, man. you got to spend a month in Barcelona at least. It's a beautiful place in uh, the Catalonia part of Spain. Um, But one of the things that I ran into there was this uh, architect named Gaudi. And I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Gaudi, but Gaudi was this guy who was, uh, he died in 1926, uh, but he actually started on this cathedral called the Sagrada Familia, uh, that he worked on for 40 years in his life, and it's not gonna be completed until 2028. So it's
0: still being worked on now, even though you can go inside it phenomenal is it because like it's super fancy or is it just because the Spaniards you know who are well known for taking their time are just kind of like doing it on it may be know? a little bit of both it is
1: it is probably one of the most con, you know complicated construction projects because he's using different techniques from every different kind of cathedral so but the, the so that thing, sounds complicated it is complicated I look at it as a building project and I'm like wow that is yeah because it's not about productivity or efficiency it's about beauty right and so there's just a different value there. but, And that, that kind of leads me to my thought is there was this place called Park Gaul that Gaudi created. Um, and I remember we had Lori Smith on our program who oversees parks for uh, Modesto, for the city of Modesto. And Lori was talking about if you create beautiful parks, it is really helpful for bringing people into your city. And I tell you, I would go back to Barcelona and spend... Lots of money there just to hang out at Park Guell because it was so beautiful how Gaudi had put this together. So I think it's really interesting just to be able to learn from these different cultures and see things of beauty and how much it attracts us and makes us want to be a part of those things. Instead of just saying, well, let's put a dumpy little park in there. Now let's invest some money because
0: it'll actually bring money into the community. So now I'm intrigued. What are some of the characteristics of that park that just like blew your socks off? Like, what is it that you're just like, this is just incredible?
1: Well, Gaudi was actually a devout Catholic. And so he said, everything that is created has already been created in nature. And so all of his architectural or engineering things were all designed out of nature. And so. Everything that he built from his buildings to the parks to the, you know, maybe the little sitting areas mimic nature in some way. And so they're just beautiful. So there's this one like trail that he built into the side of a hill, and it actually looks like a wave, like a tidal wave. And so you're walking through this sort of tunnel and you just feel like you're in the middle of the ocean somewhere. And and so it's just this it's you, know, so you mean every park doesn't have
0: to look exactly the same? No, weird. Man, it's just literally, it's crazy. Yeah, little Yeah, little tweaks like that. Just that. Like, is, yeah, like my world is all rocked now. Like this is.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, you went to Barcelona what? for the sangria. I went for the architecture. We need I've to never go. been to
0: Barcelona. Oh,
1: we should go back together. Yeah, so let's we us go.
0: Can, we can do that. So it's yeah. on my list of places to stay for a month. Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, I think as you know, like here's my vote: is that we send our whole city council on a world tour. Uh, to learn ideas and then they come back and implement some of these things. how's that?
0: I love it I mean we do have um, we do have sister cities and I was invited to go to um, to one of our sister cities in France for a week but I can't go I've got work I've yeah got a, I've got a like work trip that's right on top of it so I can't go but those oh, opportunities bummer. are kind of there
1: yeah um, well talk about that because you know maybe some people think I mean I've never really considered the concept of sister cities and why they're so important.
0: What is that? Well, it's mostly a cultural exchange. That's what the intention is. My, you know, I have this tendency to take things to the next you know, the next gear. Yeah. So my intention is like I want to sit down with you know, our counterparts in other cities and see what economic, you know, stuff we can do together to try to increase business here and there. Right. Yeah. How can we create win-win situations? Yeah. You know, what do we have that you don't, what do you have that we don't, that we can, you know, work together and collaborate and, you know, win together. Right. Um. And I, I was really looking forward to that. I mean, there'll be other opportunities obviously, but it's something that it's, it's right there for us, man. They yeah. already know us. We've already been introduced. It's not going to even be strange. Like, we're sister cities. That's what I'm saying. Like, we're yeah. already in the door. Yeah. And
1: they are, too. Well, and I think it's fantastic when, you know, you can move to You can go to a different culture and they have different, you know, like we were talking earlier about the fact that, um, you know, our liability issues are so huge. We're always worried about liability issues in the U.S. because of the amount of lawyers that we have. And not necessarily that's a bad thing. I mean, we protect each other pretty well because of that but other countries don't have the liability issue that we have and therefore they're able to take different risk and get different things accomplished in different amounts of time so it's interesting to be able to just go to a culture and say if you took down this barrier
0: what could we actually accomplish yeah absolutely and uh it's like how infrastructure for example in america is is significantly more expensive than it is in europe building so like building freeways building bridges yeah Um, And that's something that I know that probably Congressman Harder and a bunch of others are already working on. They don't need the city council person on it. But I'm just saying like it's a, uh, yeah, it's a huge issue in our, in our, in our country that things cost so much more here than they do anywhere else in the world. And that's just not right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, as far as impacting the environment,
1: I mean, it seems like Europe does a pretty good job at uh, looking at the way that they're impacting the environment,
0: and they get things done still. You know, better than us, for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. They definitely have done a better job of that than yeah. we have. But it's kind of like how you look at um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, our governor. I remember him very vividly because he, when I was managing the fat cat, we had um, we had a lot a major struggle with our uh, workman's comp. Yeah. Insurance. Um, we were spending. So we're a nightclub. Our workman's comp was five thousand dollars a month just wow. for workman's comp. Yeah. And but and and I wasn't the only employer that was suffering from this. There were everybody was. Yeah. And they decided they were going to fix it. They put their minds to it, and they did fix it. Yeah. And my workman's comp premiums went from almost five thousand a month to about a thousand. Wow. When they were done. Just because they they attacked the problem. they they still protected workers, but they didn't allow you to go to um, a chiropractor for five years after your accident or whatever if you didn't need it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put some limits
1: on there and, and figure it out. So thoughtful. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's what that's what we've been talking about today, is just the idea of getting into different contacts, taking time away from your existing context so you can learn and you can grow. And I was telling you earlier, like I, I went and visited different churches in these different contexts and really enjoyed, saw churches doing different things and things that I think we can learn.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And I'd love to hear more about that too. We're just running out of time, man. We
1: are running out of time. So, hey, we're going to come back next week and uh, we're going to spend some more time talking about this idea. of. You may not know this, but
0: next week we've got Anna Caballero coming to visit with oh. us. Well, I wonder how many places she's visited around the world. <laughs> a so, lot, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fun yeah, to just, ask in Wow. Okay. So what can we look forward to next week then on the show? Well, we're going to talk with Anna Caballero. We're going to talk about the issues in our district and, you know, what she's working on and how we can all collaborate and make Modesto better.
1: I don't know. going to be a great time. All right. Well, we got to run, and uh, hopefully you're off to a great Saturday as well. And you're listening to The Better Modesto Show with your hosts, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. And we're on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app. And, Chris, I just want to tell you one more time how much I've enjoyed conversation this morning.
0: Yeah, man. It's been really great to have you back. Welcome back. And I can't Thanks, wait man. to keep doing this.
1: We'll see you next week. Yep.